On Tuesday, the UK Space Agency's first official astronaut, Tim Peake, embarked on the trip of a lifetime up to the International Space Station. Our Connie Orbach went to join the celebrations at the Science Museum to find out what awaits Major Peake up in space. Around 3,000 very noisy, very excited children filled the London Science Museum on Tuesday to watch Tim Peake lift off from planet Earth. Andreas Magensen, the first Danish astronaut. What makes it extra rewarding is the fact that that there's so much interest. And I think you feel that here uh, in the UK as well. I mean, especially among uh, young children and students. And really what that gives... Tim and and the UK Space Agency and the European Space Agency is a unique opportunity to reach a young audience uh, and to inspire them and really to kickstart their interest in the natural sciences because there is something unique about space exploration. It appeals to us and hopefully, you know, in the future we'll see more uh, young people choose science and engineering. When you got to space... Um, was it was it everything you'd expected it to be, or did it surprise you? I mean, it was. Um, of course, there are some surprising things. I mean, one of the first things that happened on board the space station was that I I thought I got lost. They told us to fly into the uh, Russian service module where we were going to have our traditional press conference. That's the first thing you do when you get on board the space station. And so I, I flew to the right into the service module, and suddenly I, I couldn't recognize where I was. And I thought, you know, I, I can't be lost already. But, um, you know, some of the more experienced astronauts, I think they saw the look of confusion on my face. And they said, well, it's because you're standing on the ceiling. <laughs> and so as soon as I returned to the floor, everything fell into place. But that was kind of my first experience with how things can look completely different when you see it from a different perspective or a different angle. <laughs> and are you hoping to go back? Oh, I would love to go back, yeah. The, the space station is really... a a unique place. I mean, the work that we do up there is interesting and exciting. In the evenings, we have uh, dinner together with the with the other astronauts. We look out the windows. We have just a lot of fun. So, yeah, I, I would love to go back up there. Tim's mission isn't just about inspiration here on Earth. As Andreas said, it's also about doing some really exciting science up in space. Tim will be involved in lots of experiments. Just to give you a taste... I've hopped across London to UCL to talk to Mark Huckfell, one of the researchers behind Vulcan. So Vulcan is a, a feasibility project looking at whether we can use aspects of the voice to track someone's changes in well-being. So the idea is that we would look at someone's voice on a daily, weekly, monthly basis and in situations where they may become unwell or they may become depressed, or they may become excited. All these things may affect the quality of the voice, and we can use this to track, monitor, and detect uh, changes in well-being. What's Tim Peake's involvement in all of this? So we're hoping Tim will make some recordings within the space station. So one of the challenges in applying this sort of technology within space is how feasible is it to make recordings of good quality, how obtrusive was making the recordings... And how do we get that information uh, back from the spacecraft, back to Earth, in a form in which we can uh, analyse it for the quality of their voice? And have you got any examples of the kind of recordings that you'll be getting Tim to do? To test and develop our software, uh, we've been uh, just recording ourselves uh, morning and evening. The idea is to make the same kinds of sounds 
you know, uh, on a regular basis. So then we can see whether these particular utterances change from, from one situation to another. So this is me in the morning. Uh... And this is me in the evening. Uh... I think you can hear that I'm slightly more awake and with it in the, in the evening than I was in the morning. <laughs> There's definitely a bit more kind of bounce to your R's in the, in the <laughs> evenings, I'd say. I would say. <laughs> so why is this needed? Can't people just tell you when they're feeling unwell? This is, in a way, a kind of a, a backup or a, or a double check. It may be that these people, you know, they're highly trained uh, aeronautical professionals. They may not want to tell you that they're uh, becoming uh, slightly claustrophobic or depressed or bored or distressed by a mission. But these are the, exactly the kinds of things which do affect the voice. If all this testing goes well, what other uses do you plan for this software? So there are many other ways in which we might use this idea on, uh, on, on Earth rather than in space, particularly in a situation where you may have people with a neurodegenerative disease, like Alzheimer's disease, for example, where you can't really get the person to come into the clinic every day, but you do want to monitor their health to see if there are any long-term trends or any situations in which they... Uh, their health needs to be further investigated. Speaking is such a, a straightforward thing generally for people to do. They don't mind chatting to someone or talking to someone about, about their health. So it's not the same as wiring them up to some remote machine that detects their blood pressure or their, um, their heart rate. So it seems that both on Earth and in space, Tim's mission could do a huge amount for science. So let's wish him good luck, shall we? <laughs> 